we study the products as best we can and we lean on the manufacturer, you know, when needed. Um, another reason why I go to factories, um, I did the Hermely tour. I did the Index Traub tour in Germany a few months back. And I've gone to just about every one of our manufacturers' uh, factories. And that's where you really learn a little bit more about what's in the secret sauce. This is Swarfcast. I'm Noah Graff. Our guest on today's show is Justin Tauber co-owner and vice president of Integrated Machinery Systems, a machine tool distributor in Itasca, Illinois. Justin's company sells a wide variety of machine tools, ranging from turning machines, machining centers, grinders, 3D printers, and automation equipment. Justin discussed the merits of high-end, expensive European machine tools, as well as the advantages of lower-end brands built in Taiwan. If you're currently thinking about purchasing a new CNC machine, I think you'll find this interview useful. Today's podcast is brought to you by Graf Pinkert. Looking for a screw machine, rotary transfer machine, or CNC machine? Graf Pinkert's got you covered. When you're buying any used machine, you're taking a risk. So it's important to buy from someone who knows their stuff and who is going to give you straight information about what you're buying. Graf Pinkert is a family-owned firm that's been dedicated to selling great machine tools to the turn parts industry for 75 years. It specializes in the top multi-spindle brands, including Index, Schutte, Gildemeister, Tornos, ZPS, Acme, and Wickman. They also sell a variety of other types of used equipment, such as CNC Swiss, CNC turning centers, and parts washers. Machine tools are complicated. If you're going to buy one, you should go to people who are knowledgeable and committed to the industry. Learn more at www.graphpinkert.com. That's www.graff. P-I-N-K-E-R-T dot com. I am very honored to be with Justin Tauber, co-owner and vice president of Integrated Machinery Systems in Itasca, Illinois. Welcome to the show, Justin. Thank you, Noah. Honored to be here. First, I want everybody to know um, a little bit about integrated machinery systems. I actually stumbled upon Justin when we were offered a Yamaseki Swiss machine uh, last week, last week, maybe the week before. And we called him up because he was the local distributor in Chicago and was a fantastic guy. Spent all the time we needed and uh, really helped us understand these machines. So Without further ado, I really uh, look forward to learning more uh, about what you guys sell, a lot more than just the Swiss machines. Um, so first, give us a really brief uh, overview of what Integrated Machinery Systems does. With our company, we offer a full line of machine tools. So we offer everything from turning machines, machining centers, grinders, automation, in 3D printing. So we're kind of a one-stop shop as long as you're not looking for fab equipment. Wow. And uh, okay, now I just want a three-minute bio. How did you get into this business? This company started from my grandfather's business, which was a perishable tooling company. There was actually two uh, Sanders Tools and Supplies Incorporated. And um, my father decided to take us in the direction of CNC machines back when they were run on tape. 
Um, and then growing up, uh, you know, worked in the back warehouse of the tooling division and then uh, actually uh, interned at one of our customers. And after college, uh, decided I was going to take the road of uh, CNC machine tool salesman. Was that the thing that you always thought you were going to do? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, it was always uh, a possibility. I think I wanted to try and uh, see what else was out there in the world. But it, you know, when it's always in front of your face, it kind of becomes something that is embedded and uh, kind of your <laughs> destiny. <laughs> I can totally relate. I can totally yeah. relate. So you've been there a little while, 20 years, 25 years. Yeah, just uh, I think this will be year 22. So you're 42? I'm 47 years old. And um, yeah, okay. just a uh, wife and two kids, two daughters, uh, live in the Chicagoland area. And um, yeah, been doing this for, I would say, a good amount of time. Okay. Well, good. Then you should be an authority. No pressure. <laughs> so right. first of all, okay. So you got grinding, you got 3d printing, you got uh, multi spindles, you got Swiss. I'm sure mm -hmm. I'm forgetting something. Um, five axis. Five axis. Okay. So mm -hmm. I'm assuming lately the last year or two has been really good as far as business. Yeah. The last couple of years, have really been uh, positive growth for us because people are looking for machines that have automation or some type of automation, whether it's auto loading, robotics, bar fed machines, as you know, Swiss machines usually give operators time to go and do other things while it's running through the bar. Um, Multi-spindle uh, as reshoring is, you know, starting to come in, really come into play. More people are looking into multi-spindles because the uh, volumes are increasing mm -hmm. and there's still demand. Right now, out of all the stuff you do, what, what are the things, what's the stuff you're making the most money on? Grinding, turning? I would say it's a mixture of, you know, the grinding, the multi-spindles, the, the turning. I think as people start to embrace the five axis, milling will definitely pick up for us, but um, anything that's automatable uh, has definitely become um, a driver for us right now. So a lot of automated turning, multi-spindle machines, and you're um, the distributor for for Index, correct? Cor correct, Index Trob in, in Illinois. When you look at the multi-spindle uh, landscape, I think it's hard to not talk about Index. Um, index is such a high quality machine. We, I just came back from the factories in Germany mm -hmm. and, you know, really it's just amazing the attention to detail they do when they're making these machines. I've, I've never seen such precision go into manufacturing a machine. Yeah, no, I mean, they're the gold standard for CNC multi-spindles, you know, no offense to the others and index is far from perfect, but, mm -hmm. uh, there's no perfect machine tool builder, that's for sure. Yeah. But I mean, if somebody says, I want to get a CNC multi-spindle, I, you know, and buy one new, I, I just tell them that index. I mean, the new Tornos are pretty cool, those multi-Swiss, but they still can't do the same kind of thing that an index can do. I mean, they're so much more powerful. 
I want to go sort of to the other side of the spectrum first. We called you about Yamaseki machines. Everybody's talking about Swiss. It's, you know, it's the thing right now. Would you say a Yamaseki is sort of, I don't know, this doesn't sound right. It's, it's it sort of, it, it's like a star knockoff. Our machines are pretty close in um, kinematics to the kinematics to the star machines. You know, I've found that people have taken star programs and put them into our machines and practically had very little uh, editing to have uh, done. So it's the same, um, same fan of control. Yeah. Same fan of control, very same tool layout, uh, depending on our models and their models. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the majority of the machines that we're selling right now are five axis Swiss machines, but we also offer six and seven axis as well. Our tooling is very similar. It's interesting that you have mainly been offering the five axis as a used dealer who, you know, somewhat specializes in Swiss machines. I find that the five axis machines are kind of difficult to sell unless it's an A citizen or maybe like an SB star, but some of those others like a DMG five axis, uh, Tsugami five axis, people don't really want it. It seems like, or they don't really want to pay that much money for it. You are finding that that's the most popular machine you guys have. I mean, that's the ones you guys are making the most of. Yeah. It's interesting because for our customer base, we're finding most of the parts can be done without a Y-axis on the back working mm -hmm. or a B-axis. That's not to say we haven't offered it. Um, I'll be bringing in a Yamaseki SW32 with a double Y. Mm -hmm. No, no B-axis, so it'll be a six-axis machine. That'll be coming in in the next month or two. And again... Uh, we'll see what kind of quoting that machine will require versus our other machines. Interesting. Can you explain real quick, you know, sometimes you see these Swiss machines and it says like five axis plus two C axis. And it's, it's very strange. I, I mean, we sold some Tornos decos a while back and you actually had to call and pay Tornos for some passwords to turn on the C-axis on these machines. What is a C-axis? Because like some of, you know, it'll say some of these Swiss machines, it'll be like five axis plus one C-axis or plus two C-axis. And they'll say, oh, it's not a five axis, it's a seven axis. Yeah, I mean, um, C-axis, I, I can't imagine buying a Swiss machine with milling capability uh, or Y-axis capability without C-axis. So C-axis is the rotational position in the spindle, uh, main and sub, often needed when you're milling flats or slots to position the bar in the location for the tool to come mm -hmm. and do the, the work that it's programmed to work, as well as when you're passing parts from main spindle to sub. Sometimes you have to synchronize those spindles so that you can grab where you want to grab in the, in the park. I find it interesting that someone would, wouldn't offer it as standard, but we offer it as standard. Yeah, well, it seems like you guys offer a lot. 
So what is the price, say, um, of a 20 millimeter five axis? I guess it would be the SW20. What, what's yeah, the mean, price and what does that come with? Okay, that's a good question. The SW20, uh, our package from Yamasaki, is handsomely off, you know, uh, optioned out at uh, about 164000 And at 164000 that gets you a 12-foot bar from FedEx LNS. That gets you the main spindle and subspindle with the C-axis, a chucker kit, which allows you to take the guide bushing out. Wow, you get the kit with that. Wow. Because often they, you know, the others charge like 10 grand extra for that. Yes. Um, And a very nice um, live tool package. So on the front working, you have the three-face mill drill holder. Then you have several uh, cross drill holders. You have two milling holders for the sub or back working tool post, and then a variety of boring holders uh, to do any boring work. Wow. What about the 32 millimeter? How much would that be? 32 is going to be about $17,000 more. That's it. And it's not much more money. And um, that comes with chip conveyor, miscollector. That is without the chip conveyor. Often we sell the machine without a chip conveyor, but the chip conveyor is only another 5,000. When you go into high pressure coolant, um, we have a couple systems. We have a system that is made by Yamasaki, uh, or we go to MP systems or chip blaster. Okay. And with that, we automatically quote the mist extraction system. Wow. So with those bells and whistles, you're maybe talking 200 grand, say? Yeah, under two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're talking about a 32 millimeter, well optioned out for under 200,000. And I think that's hard to beat. What do you think a five axis citizen or or star would be? About 250? Yeah, I mean, I'm hearing that they're in the 250s and I'm hearing that their lead times are right as, as ours are starting to uh, creep up as well. Right. So this has been a good time then for you guys, because people aren't even able to buy the citizen or this or the star. So it's kind of like us with used machines. People are coming to you because you're an alternative, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is some of our customers, um, how it started many years ago, the same scenario. And they gave us a try and they haven't looked back. The thing is, if if you're looking for a good value in a Swiss machine and you're not application dependent, I think you should look at our machine mm-hmm. or, or any of the machines. Why pass up the work while the work's available? Well, I guess most people would just say, oh, I have the tooling and the collets and blah, blah, blah. But but yes, well, I if agree. You have a star, if you have a star, the tooling on our machines generally work uh, together. Wow. It's interesting. You are on two ends of the spectrum. You have sort of the the budget machine that's made in Taiwan. And then you have mm-hmm. the index and the Traub that are made in Germany. I think that there's a lot of people that have budgets that are on, you know, different ends of the spectrum again. And, and, and let's face it. I mean, you're not going to have the ability to justify a piece of equipment 
if the tolerances aren't that high and it's not that intricate of a part, yeah. but you want to bring it in pumps. Now, that is not to say that we don't have an accurate machine. We do. I think a lot of our customers are surprised. I mean, we have customers that have had their machines well over 12 years and are still running. We offer the customer uh, the ability to open their offerings for um, the Swiss machines. Because there's, let's face it, there's not as many people that make Swiss out there as there is an eight inch chuck lathe or a 40 by a 20 vertical. Yeah. So, you know, really people were funneled into that star citizen Sugami purchase for, for years. And I guess it just comes down to, uh, are you ready to change? Yeah. Are you willing to change? Yeah. Yeah. And then on the high end, I mean, you know, in order to really open up for an index, you have to have the volume. And even though that are, that's not to say we can't do a mix of parts because the changeover is a lot easier on an index. Um, you still need volume. And where we're, really seeing some inquiries come in on the index machines is somebody who needs nine Swiss machines. If we can do it on an index, right. we can sh- we can get you one or two machines right away instead of you waiting for well over a year for that type of uh, purchase to be delivered. Of course, an index could take a year to be delivered as well. Um, the nice thing about index is they're the only multi-spindle maker that actually doesn't buy a, a build on purchase. So they're constantly putting machines in the build schedule without a purchase order connected to them. So our deliveries aren't as bad as you would think. What's a delivery on an MS40 index? Right now, an MS40 could be delivered as early as March for an MS40-6 and possibly sooner on an MS40 dash. Okay. So 10 months. 10 months, nine months. Yeah. Yeah. But that, and that, and again, with uh, taking in consideration that those machines generally come with some type of turnkey. Um, so we'll bring it to our floor, we'll write all the programs, select the tooling, run it off, and then break it down, ship it to your facility, and do that all. Listeners, first, I got to tell you, I'm so grateful for you guys tuning in. I know we have lots of competition out there. Freakonomics, This American Life, Joe Rogan. Also, I just want to let you know, if you have guest ideas or questions for me or Lloyd, we'd love for you to reach out. And if you want to talk about future advertising opportunities, we're very happy to talk to you anytime feel free to email me at noah at graphpinkert.com. That's N-O-A-H at G-R-A-F-F-P-I-N-K-E-R-T dot com. And now back to the episode. I think some people would say that they prefer to have eight Swiss machines rather than buying an index because if one machine goes down, you know, they have some backup on it versus if the index goes down, you have all your eggs in one basket. We can actually, if, if it's, we can run uh, the part through with one spindle out so we can come in and replace it, repair it, 
uh, whatnot. So sometimes you don't have to put the machine down just uh, in the case of you know, having an issue in, in one of our positions because they're independently driven. The other thing is that in general, if you're going to take the uh, position to move into the multi-spindle, you probably will want more than one or end up with more than one. That's true. But it's a huge investment. I mean, to, yeah. to, how much is one MS40 index? About, about two mil? The two million and above, depending on how you're getting it uh, optioned out. Yeah. And then you add your tooling and your turnkey cost. But yeah, you're you're over two million dollars on an MS40, and that's you know a forty millimeter uh, capable machine. Yeah. Um, we have also the ability to make it more than one machine. I guess when we when we do double drops, so we can go every other position, and every say fifteen seconds you drop two parts. Now you're in a you know seven and a half second uh, cycle time. And I just don't see any Swiss machines keeping up with us. No, that's incredible. Uh, in our sector. Yeah. So, so, you know, it, it just, you got to have the right mix, the right uh, volumes for your parts. And then as you put it out and you start laying everything out, it doesn't sound as expensive as, you know, over two mil. All right. 3D printing, you, mm-hmm. you know, uh, lately, I've heard a few dealers, used dealers, talking about it. And the last guy we interviewed for the podcast talked a little about it. What are you seeing as far as that? Is it is that just like like growing like crazy? Three D printing. I think that there's a lot of growth happening in the industry on the provider side. So there are a lot of new coming out. I was just at the Rapid Show in Detroit and the amount of um, different manufacturers and collaborations and uh, this company bought that company. and um, There's just more offerings right now in the market, but I don't know if the amount of adoption in the marketplace by the customers is where everybody expected it to be at this point. Okay. What did people expect it to be? More more production and than just prototypes? I think what everybody on the side of sales in 3D printing thought it was going to be easier to get people to bring it on board, to just try it, to see, hey, does this fit into our space? Do we have a place for this at our company? And it's just it's it's slower to market than than what you know, we all expect. So you're saying demand is less like companies are less are, are trying it less than you people thought. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, there are some people that really know they need to bring it on. Now they have to figure out how to justify it. How much does a 3d printer cost? What's the range? You know, like for us, we sell a brand called Mark forge and we offer printers that are just under 5,000. That's a desktop. And then we have a metal system that's about 250000 for all the items that you need for that, which is the printer, the wash station, and the center oven. And then what would that make? That could make anything from parts and tool steel, stainless, uh, copper. But I mean, like what sort of object? You could make anything from fixtures, end-arm tooling. Uh, you could make 
you know, end use parts. Uh, there are people that are making custom tool holders with the, the metal printers. So they're literally making um, like shell mill cutters uh, with the ability to have uh, the coolant lines um, hitting, you know, the inserts um, where you wouldn't traditionally be able to do that as easily uh, with the standard method. You know, there's just a bevy of things that you can, that you can make in, in metal printing and in, in composite printing. Yeah. You said you had a few parts with you. Yeah. So, I mean, um, give it, I want you to, yeah, hold them up and be very so, descriptive. That's good right there. Yeah. So this part right here, I mean, this was one of the first pieces we ever printed on our printer and, uh, about, you know, f- almost five years ago. And I think one of the things that the reason why I brought this print, well, explain it, explain it to people who are just listening and not watching it. This piece is a piece that someone designed, but, but the point to be made here is that this part, if you had to have somebody machine this, mm-hmm. it would, it would take a very long time and they'd have to have a considerable amount of skill to make this. And we brought this printer in, we plugged it in, we set it up and we printed this and came in the next morning. And here's what a couple sales guys were able to achieve. And so one of the things- A couple that sales guys, so people that didn't really yeah, have any skill. Never printed a thing in my, in my life before this. And I mean, as you can see, has so what is it made of it's black and it's some sort of composite exactly so uh they have their own uh proprietary material so this is called onyx it is about 80 percent chopped carbon fiber and then they're the you know 80 percent nylon excuse me and 20 percent carbon fiber so it's a nylon chopped carbon fiber mix and then we also have another nozzle that we can put fiber strands through which allow us to make a even stronger part. And with that, uh, it's like rebar. You have this reinforcement that um, we can make this material with our fiber inlay uh, as strong as 6061 aluminum. So now that opens up doors for fixturing and arm tooling, um, things that really your customer, you know, shouldn't be using their CNCs to make pieces to make pieces on their CNC. Right, so right. now you can tell the guys that are in the uh, office designing the fixture, hey, put this in an SDL format, print it for me, and I'm going to stick it in the vise, and that's how we're going to hold these parts. So if you were going to machine that part, what would you make it on, like a like a twin turret or, a, or a, I don't know, just have a vertical machining center, five axis or something like that? Yeah, this part would require either multiple setups on a mill or five axis, you know, maybe one or two setups on a five axis on a multi-axis lathe that would be very hard to make this part. And I think that's the whole point of this, you know, benchmark piece is, Mm -hmm. you know, where the place is for for 3D printing. And um, and then the other piece uh, that I brought is... um, you know, metal piece, you know, this piece has threads printed in it and not, no turning or any uh, prep was done after this was printed. 
but you have an external thread and an internal thread, and uh, you're able to match these parts up uh, pretty easily. Here, just hold it, hold it up to the. There we go. There we go. Interesting. Is the tolerance on this? The tolerances on this are they comparable to? No, that that's where 3D printing's um, not capable of keeping up with CNC. So, will that change? anytime soon you know i think that obviously they're working on it and there are technologies that lend themselves to better tolerances we we have some things in our toolbox with our brand that allow us to basically qualify our parts on our machines with lasers that gives the uh, customer the ability to you know really check a part before it's sent out or qualify it before it's sent out. So those are things that give you a better shot at making uh, a good part with, with intolerance. Let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, our current economy, the current state of things, um, stock market in the toilet. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's an understatement. Oil prices crazy. How do you think that's, going to affect business has it affected inquiries in the last week honestly inquiries have increased as of late for us right I but think. i mean like for instance i mean it's hard people always ask us oh how's this month going and yeah 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 and we're just like well maybe this month sucked but the last two months were really good but still i mean i don't know how are you feeling about it does it does it really does our world is our world independent somewhat of that other world? I think it's interesting because from what I hear, there's still demand in capital goods or consumers still have an appetite for things like cars or boats, RVs, motorcycles, you know, items that are important to our industry last, for us. Last, to, last week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because right now, uh, for years, everybody said, you know, it's hard for the automotive industry because of the lack of chips. But, you know, they're going to take the chips that they have and put it in the F-150s and all the big mm -hmm. profit cars. But if gas keeps going up, you know, maybe the Toyota Corollas of the automotive industry are <laughs> going to become popular again. Because, you know, maybe a family can withhold or withstand six dollar gas for a, you know a month but if that comes in to play for over a year i mean that's going to change a lot for people and it's going to change uh, how they do a lot of things including uh, you know doing things that are important for our industry as far as consumers go are you thinking that it's going to make it harder for people to borrow to buy machines or is it just too early to know? I think that eventually, yes, because I would imagine if it's similar to the home uh, mortgage rate uh, change, you're probably talking about a 2% difference in rates over a couple of years, right? And it sounds like the Fed wants to do a similar raise uh, next month. Uh, because this is the policy that they think is going to curb inflation. So, I mean, yeah, 2% can mean a lot to some people, especially if they're thinking of a number. You know, I'm only going to pay $4,000 for this machine a month because that's the only way it's going to justify it. 
right? And then rates go up 2%, and that now is, you know, over their budget. So, yeah. Now it's going to be interesting. Um, what is your what is your feeling on that? I mean, people do finance our machines probably a lot less than they finance machines from mm-hmm. you. Although we don't know always, they're kind of taking care of it themselves. Um, right. Honestly, it's it's just so hard to tell. I, I do feel like the machinery business is and the manufacturing business is just different from or the machining business is just different from other stuff going on main street. And mm-hmm. just cause one thing is happening, you know, maybe not exactly the other at the same time, it's all integrated. And if everything goes to hell on one side, it'll probably go to hell on our side too. But I, you know, you have to remain optimistic and I just feel like, I don't know, people have certain contracts and things that they've committed on and, I don't know. People have inquired on a bunch of machines today. Does that mean they're going to buy them? I don't know. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that if the supply chain has continual issues and people have to start bringing more and more in-house, then it'll drive them to make the investments no matter what. And that's my so hope. I remember when I started in this industry and kept on seeing things go to, to China. <laughs> and I was like, um, boy, this doesn't seem like it's slowing down at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, now if more and more people will bring things back in house, if there'll be more incentives for them to do that, then the hope is that they, you know, take advantage of it and grow internally. And, become your partner that way. What advice do you have? Overall advice do you have for somebody uh, looking for a machine tool? How, how should they look at things? What, what's the first thing they should do? Yeah. I mean, I think like nowadays, everybody starts on the internet, right? They say, all right, I'm looking for a lathe. And then they type in lathe manufacturers or start to go to websites and look at what they can get on the internet, what kind of information. So a lot of times when somebody comes to us or, you know, they already know some things, so, you know, they've already been doing some research. So research is key. And then I think you have to partner with somebody who you feel can support you with your needs. So, you know, everybody needs good support. It really is about people ask us, which one should, which Swiss machine should I buy, you know, out of the main ones? And I just say, whichever one has good support near you and a good reputation. Yeah, exactly. It, it comes down to, obviously, you want a quality product that you can afford that is supported properly. And, you know, it is also the, you know, the customer's job to maintain it property, properly as well. But find a company that has... Uh, good amount of parts in the United States mm. and a good amount of service locally and national. For sure. Tips for somebody selling uh, machinery. <laughs> Hang in there um, because it does have its ups and downs. I mean, some days are great. Some days, you know, you can feel like you can do no right. Um, but relationships and remember that, you know, Wherever you go, um, you know, trust in your word is the thing that you're going to take with you. So yes. make sure make sure that that is something that people know you by. 
Yes, absolutely. Basically, I, I think you you hit two huge things: just the networking, and I mean, it's mm-hmm. like with you, with us. You know, we we called you and have to really take a bunch of time to help us. We weren't going to buy a machine from you, but you were in the mode of giving and giving your time, giving your information, your expertise. And, uh, you know, in, in the end, hopefully, you know, we give you something back. Maybe we find somebody looking for a Yamaseki and bring them to you. And I think you really hit it. Is it hard to do so many different things? Well, (laughs) you know, um, obviously you have to have good partners, right? The builders that we have, um, you know, index and trob, when you think of multi-spindles, hermally, when you think of five axis, takamas, I mean, they make but their then you own. Ha- that means you have to understand them all. That's right. We do our best. We study the products as best we can, and we lean on the manufacturer uh, when they're, you know, when needed. Um, another reason why I go to factories, um, I did the Hermely tour. I did the uh, Index Traub tour in Germany um, a few months back. And I've gone to just about every one of our manufacturers' uh, factories. And that's where you really learn a little bit more about what's in the secret sauce, right? What are they doing over there? What's What makes them different? Why? When you walk into a customer and say, you know, why should I buy your machine over somebody else's, you know, you can start to really hit them with some of the key points that um, should be important to somebody when they're buying a machine. Yeah, we, you know, this company will not buy their spindles on the outside. They will only make them in-house. They make them on great machines. And um, therefore, we don't replace their spindles. They last. Things like that. Yeah, that's, that's important. That's important. You know, some of the stuff we've done for so long, you just, if you talk about it and you quote in, you know, something for as long as we've done, I mean, we've been a Walter uh, dealer since the mid nineties, you know, there's not, there's just not a lot of partnerships that last that long in our industry anymore. And, And so therefore, you know, we've been talking tool and cutter grinders for, for quite a, long time and we've seen the product develop we have the experience yeah so we have the experience 3d printing was something that we were lucky enough to uh get a young guy uh at our uh hire a young guy that just took to it like a duck to water i mean he's he's very knowledgeable and uh he brings a lot of knowledge from within and that we can use yeah well i thank you so much if people want to learn about your company um primarily people in Illinois and Indiana, but anywhere in the world, they should go to look up integrated machinery systems online. That's how I'll find you. www.imscnc.com. We're located in Itasca, Illinois. And uh, we do have a showroom right now. It's a pretty empty showroom, uh, which is a good thing. Um, But we're working on filling that back up. Um, And, Again, uh, we'll be at IMTS representing our builders at the IMTS show. So hopefully you can stop by the Index, Takamas, and Hermely booth, and Mark Forge booth as well. I will. And the United Grinding booth as well. And uh, yeah, thank you. Give me a lot of homework. Thank you. (laughs) 
From today's machining world, this is Swarfcast. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to the show on your favorite app and give us a five-star rating and a review. And don't forget to tell your friends about it. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and todaysmachiningworld.com to join our mailing list, read episode summaries, and watch extended interview videos. I'm Noah Graff. My occasional co-host is Lloyd Graff. Our managing editor is Ridgely Dunn. Our audio engineer is Patricio Garcia. For information on advertising or to submit an idea for a future podcast, follow the contact information at todaysmachiningworld.com. Thank you.